Let's get some particulars and just get this over with, all right? Particulars? Yeah. No matter what I tell you, you ain't gonna never know nothing about hey, me. Hey, listen. I ain't running any more of these three days, okay? Well, what I got to say, you really don't want to hear, because honesty ain't too high up on your people's priority list, right? Honesty? You want honesty? All right, honestly, I think you're nothing. Nothing but a pure waste of God-given talent. You don't listen to nobody, man. Not even Doc or Boone. Shiver push on the line every time, man. You blow right past them. Push them, pull them, do something. You can't run over everybody in this league. And every time you do, you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry. Me in particular. Why should I give a hoot about you? Huh? Or anybody else out there? You want to talk about a waste? You the captain, right? Right. Captain's supposed to be the leader, right? Right. You got a job? I have a you job. You been doing your job? I've been doing my job. Then why don't you tell your white buddies to block for Rev better? Because they have not blocked for him or for Plug Nickel, and you know it. Nobody plays. Yourself included. I'm supposed to wear myself out for the team? What team? No. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look out for myself, and I'm going to get mine. See, man, that's the worst attitude I ever heard. Attitude reflect leadership, Captain. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that scene from uh, "Remember the Titans." You know what? Attitudes in this country reflect the leadership in this country, and that's why, my friend, we hear people like Gavin Newsom going out, going out there, and saying, "What's happening in this country? What is this going on in this state?" We'll play a little bit of that clip later in the show, but. What it, what's happening is a direct reflection of the leadership in this country. And I don't believe that we voted for that leadership. I believe somebody just put it in there. And at what point do we get mad enough to do something about it? And I don't just mean wait for election day. Something is, you know, I, I wonder why haven't the Republicans started impeachment proceedings against Joe Biden? Maybe they don't, maybe Maybe because we don't want uh, um, Kamala Harris. I don't know. I don't know because uh, either one of them, they're destroying, they're destroying our country. Everything they're doing 
is just, hey, let's undo what Trump did. Well, Trump did a lot of good for this country, like him or love him or hate him. You know what? He did a lot of he did a lot of good things for this country. And Biden is just destroying it. So anyway, we're going to talk about that. That song was uh, The Burning Heart Survivor from Rocky Four. Great movie, great band, great song. Is it East West to get East East versus West or man against man? Um, you know what? There's something to leadership in, in every country that we'll also talk about later that the leadership, the leaders of each country should be making sure that each country has the best for their people. We shouldn't be globalists, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. And before I get in, before I go into all that stuff, for those of you that don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, get some information on those fantastic opportunities, whether it's whether it's uh, refinancing a piece of property that you already own or whether it's buying a piece of property that you don't, that you would like to own or whether it's uh uh, converting some of your uh, finances into reverse mortgage and uh, either getting rid of a house payment that you have, or maybe just getting some cash that you don't have um, and not having to make payments on it. You know, that reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about, if you want information on it, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's something you want repeated, you can also get the podcast on edhoffman.net, and you can uh, just go to the podcast page. You can see, you can listen to this show or several past shows, whichever uh, whichever you'd like, and you can also get the the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, or you can subscribe for free, and once a week, it'll download to your computer or your or your uh, your your phone, or your iPad, or your iPod, or your uh, mini pad, or your uh, or whatever kind of device you have that you can uh, listen to uh, podcasts on. I'm sure there's some I don't even know about yet, but that's because I'm not a millennial. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events when I when I tweet about them. Um, follow me on all the other ones uh, at, at Big Ed Hoffman. Uh, the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And uh, if you have comments on the show, you'd like me to, you'd like me to, to read uh, ed at edhoffman.net. So send that in or just do the contact page on edhoffman.net. Um, so let's talk about where we are. We're preparing for a second wave of violence. Wall Street Journal reports that police departments across the country are bulking up their patrols to prepare for a violent summer. The police chiefs they interviewed Gave reasons like lifting of COVID restrictions that all, you know, having people actually be able to go places and sit down at restaurants and, you know, take off their masks. I'm sure that's going to create violence and increase in gun purchases during the pandemic. Well, the legal gun purchases that were going on are not the people that are going to be causing the causing the violence. They're the people that are going to be defending against the violence. And the fact that the warm summer weather always increases criminal activity. I don't know if those uh, if any of those things are are true, whether they are or not. Don't they? What they don't mention is the fear that one the one year anniversary of George Floyd's death this week, and the summer of destruction that followed could spark a second wave of protests and riots. Case in point: 
Tuesday in Portland. Portland's the only uh, U.S. city where Floyd's anniversary was marked by significant property destruction, continuing a pattern that the city officials seem unable to control. Uh, I think, why can't they control it? Leadership. Lack of it. Protesters shattered shop windows, set fires in trash cans, tossed fireworks at officers. About half of the 200 protesters wore identity-obscuring clothing called black block or block clothing. Black block. Is that because the clothes are black or because the people behind behind the clothes are black? I think it's because they're mostly wearing black clothes. Um, this suggests collaboration with more organized activists. Uh, I don't know, like Antifa, maybe? They broke the windows of over a dozen businesses and dragged mannequins out of store windows, which they destroyed and left in the street. You know, I'm thinking, what do they want these mannequins for? They're going to do they're going to be do, doing some evil doer stuff with the mannequins. Uh, but apparently it makes the apparently my uh, my uh, production assistant, Brooke, seems to think they did it. So it looks like dead bodies laying in the street. <clears throat> the places my mind goes to. So uh, in Minneapolis, some community events marked the anniversary of Floyd's death with bands and DJs. But in the spot where Floyd was killed, up, up to 30 gunshots were fired, sending reporters and their crews fleeing to, for cover. Here's Fox's Garrett Tenney. There was song silence and reflection in Minneapolis and across the country, marking one year since George Floyd uttered the words, I can't breathe. Today was also marked with gunfire at George Floyd Square, an area that's become an autonomous zone, as more than a dozen shots were fired while cameras rolled and people ducked for cover. And took cover with us said it really wasn't too big of a deal because of how often it happens there. Minneapolis is one of several major cities where one year later, the push for changes in policing is getting complicated by a rise in violent crime. Yeah, uh, you know who's who's the leadership in Minneapolis? Now, what, what's going on over there? Why don't they Why don't they just shut this down? Uh, I know the congressperson who represents that area is. Um, I don't know what's her name, uh, Elon Omar. Uh, maybe they should uh, put some some people that are actually American in the American Congress, and maybe they'll. Uh, Maybe they'll uh, represent better. As you may as you may recall, defund the police movement began when Minneapolis Police Department was stripped of seven point seven million dollars in funding because that'll fix everything. Right. Uh, in the months that followed, the city experienced a two hundred and fifty percent increase in gunshot victims, also known as two hundred and fifty percent increase in attempted homicides. So I don't know uh, that defund the police stuff is really helping. So guess what? Back in February, the city quietly restored 6.4 million of the funding. Shh, don't tell anybody. We need the cops. Uh, numbers from other cities where police departments were stripped of funding last year. New York City homicides are up 45%. In Chicago, where you thought they could never go up, uh, Chicago homicides are up 21%. And LA, in LA, violent crime has risen 36% since the city council defunded the LAPD by 150 million. Since then, homicides have surged to a decade high of 350 murders. So, you know what, if uh, let's get rid of the police because they're the ones killing everybody. Well, apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently that that uh, apparently that that uh, that theory is debunked. You know what? uh, What our leadership should do is read a book by uh, Rudy Giuliani called Leadership. 
And he tells the story of what, how he took over uh, New York city and got it under control and got the crime down. And he put more cops on the street and they, they had all kinds of different uh, um, systems they were doing and they cleaned it up and made New York city that took it out from being a, a, a drug ridden hooker ridden uh, city of ill repute to a, a tourist, to a tourist uh, spot um, that my wife and I enjoy going to. We haven't, I don't intend to go back until uh, de Blasio's out and there's evidence that the city is cleaned up and not so crime ridden, but that is one of our favorite, our favorite places fly to New York with no plans, get a hotel room for four nights. Four nights is always just perfect. And you see you fly in and you get to your hotel and you just do whatever you want to do because everything you do in that city is fun. Or it was fun up until the last couple of years. We haven't been there in about, uh, I would say it's been at least two years, but uh, um, that's a fun city, but it's only fun because it got crime under control. And if you, and if you're doing anything where you get inspired by, by uh, books of about leadership, pick that book up uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, leadership. So last week, LA city council reversed last year's decision by restoring the funding they took away. When the city council presented the annual budget on May 20th, it contained a 3% increase in funding for the LAPD, essentially refunding the LAPD for what they took away last year. According to uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti, the rise in violent crime justifies the the funding to hire 250 new officers, exactly the same numbers of of officers that were cut from last year's hiring budget. So, uh, you know what, I've posted on social media and I actually, when my book comes out later this year, um, you'll see I have a whole whole chapter on what I would do to fix California. And, and, And my estimate is triple the amount of cops enforce the laws you want you want this this country to be fixed you want this state to be fixed you want your city to be fixed get law for empower law enforcement to keep to keep the peace when people stop being start being afraid of of being arrested they'll stop doing crimes it's just a it's just a fact but if you ask the white house none of the nationwide crime outbreak has has to do with defunding the police you guess it it's a gun problem. Is there a crime problem in this country? Well, I would say certainly there is a guns problem, uh, and that's something the president would say. And there are communities where uh, local violence and community violence is an issue. And that's one of the reasons that we have proposed and have now are implementing funding for community violence prevention programs across the country. Uh, just to clarify, the White House's position on this is that that is mostly because of guns? Well, first, I'm not sure what data you're looking at, but I think what we can, most data that is out there shows that there's actually been a rise in crime over the course of the last year, since the start of the pandemic, which actually predates President Biden taking office, to be but totally clear. Right now, you're right, you're right, you're right, right, Peter, and that's why we're, we are focused, well, we're focused on uh, solutions here. Yeah, solutions, and it's a gun problem. It's a rising crime in, in, uh, in violent crimes and crimes with guns. You know what? Since the pandemic, you know, this whole this whole thing, this whole thing has been a coordinated, a coordinated to get rid of Trump. The uh, the pandemic, the spreading of this disease, which we'll we'll talk about this and the and the uh, overemphasis on its danger and the overreaction to to uh, how to deal with it. 
was all coordinated. So we would have to have a uh, have to have a mail in uh, mail in uh, ballots to uh, to do the election. And that was because that was the only way you could get some get a president as effective as Trump out. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes. Speaking of blaming, uh, blaming the guns in San Jose this week, a gunman killed nine people at Valley Transportation Authority rail yard using two semi-automatic handguns, uh, which appear to be legally obtained. And uh, for those of you who don't know what a semi-automatic is, it means you can you can fire it as fast as you can pull the trigger uh, until, until you run out of bullets. And this guy had uh, 11 high-capacity magazines, which had to be illegally obtained because they're prohibited in California. Of course, you can go outside of California and buy, buy those because they're legal in Arizona and, and many other states. And uh, you don't have to have a uh, you don't have to have a gun permit or a, or a residence in uh, in Arizona to buy clips in Arizona or ammo in Arizona. You just have to have a residence, an ID or a, a permit to buy guns in Arizona. So uh, but um, but it didn't stop Gavin Newsom from saying this. It just feels like this happens over and over and over again. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And here we are in the United States of America. We're experiencing something just is not experienced anywhere else in the world. There's a sameness to this. And that numbness, I think, is something we're all feeling. But it begs the damn question, what the hell is going on in the United States of America? What the hell is wrong with us? And when are we going to come to grips with this? When are we going to put down our arms, literally and figuratively, our politics, stale rhetoric, finger pointing, all the hand wringing consternation that produces nothing except more fury and frustration, more scenes like this repeated over and over and over again. I say that not as a governor, I just say that as a father of four. Yeah, amazing, amazing. What the hell's happening here? What, why is, why is all this stuff happening? Well, let me give you a few examples. Uh, I don't know, no cash bail that for some reason we're the, the country's pushing and even the California voters are stupid enough to uh, have uh, approved. Um, you know, they're, they're worried about no cash bail um, because, you know, hey, people with less money that can't afford to get out of jail, it's not fair that when rich people, when rich people commit crimes, uh, or if they have rich families and they can they can get out of jail and the other ones have to sit in jail till their trial. Um, but you know what? Uh, we're worried about that. I don't think we can fix that because you know what? People that people that have more money don't rob liquor stores. I'm not saying that people with money don't commit crimes, but people that commit people that people that do the 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 petty crimes, the stuff that you get thrown in jail and you can't get out of those are the people. Those are the people that don't have money. And you know why? Because if you have if you have money, it makes you happy. And if you have and if you're happy, you don't commit crimes. Sounds like a clip from Legally Blonde. I just don't think Brooke could have done this. Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just yeah, don't. Well, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe they don't shoot their husbands. Um, that's good. So I'm going to make sure that. Don is always happy, so I don't get shot in the middle of the night. Um, but the uh, but you know what? Um, happy people don't shoot their husbands, and people with money don't rob liquor stores. And uh, and you know that here's here's some other things that that we're we're missing besides no leadership, no cash bail, no work, no work income. Hey, you know what? If they're getting income for not working, then what's everybody going to do all day? I guess they get into trouble, 
and they don't appreciate the money they have. So they'll go steal some more. Um, no, no arrest, no arrest for any, when you steal under, under 950 bucks. Okay. You don't get arrested or you don't, you don't uh, get booked. You just get a written a ticket. Um, no screen immigration. We don't screen anybody. Just let everybody in. Okay. No cops. That's a problem. Um, no leadership at all. We have the inmates, inmates running the asylum. So anyway, uh, that's some of the things I just jotted down right before we started recording the things that what the hell's going on in, in, in this country. I'll tell you what's going on. Lack of leadership, no leadership. So uh, let's, let's go over to the uh, COVID or, origin story. The origin story of uh, COVID-19 continues to evolve just like the science. And, you know, if you're in your car, just honk. If you're tired of people asking, put on your mask, put on your mask. I went into, uh, I went into, where was I? Where was I? I walked into someplace and they made me, they made me put on, I had my mask, but I had it just under my nose. Oh, I know it was in Mammoth. Oh, pull that up, pull that up over your nose. All right. That's why I'm getting out of Mammoth. Um, Pull that thing over your nose. What's the difference? Um, So anyway, let's go on. Uh, One year ago, you were labeled a conspiracy theorist if you said China had its scientists create a super virus in Wuhan lab and let it leak into the community until it spread around the world. Of course, that's what happened. Remember, we were supposed to believe that the virus originated naturally from bats sold in a wet market to people who ate them or something like that. Uh, This was the story from uh, self-declared scientific community spokesman, Lord God, Tony Fauci in April 2020. The mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. Of course, we don't know any uh, animals that have gotten it. Uh, that's another thing. I'm like, hey, you know, and I had COVID and uh, then it spread to my dog and my dog spread it to my wife. In the fame of numerous, uh, uh, numerous Senate inquiries and the media finally beginning to press him, Fauci's comments on the origins of COVID have been all over the place in recent weeks. His flip-flops seem to, seem to depend on who he's talking to. These comments are from a fact-checking checking vessel, whatever that is, put on by PolitiFact, followed by his comments to Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham in Wednesday's Senate Appreci- Appropriations Committee hearing. Are you still confident that it developed naturally? I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Have we found any animals that carry COVID-19 that could have been the source of the transmission to humans thus far? Thus far, not. The intermediate host, if there is one, has not yet been found. And we've been looking for that intermediate host. Is that fair to say? That, that is fair to say, sir. Uh, at what point in time would it become more likely it came from the lab if we don't find an intermediate animal host? How much longer? I don't think we can give a time element on that, Senator. Why did you dismiss the lab leak theory as, as credible? I have always said that the high likelihood is that this is a natural occurrence. I didn't dismiss anything. I just said it's a high likelihood that this is a natural occurrence from the environment of an animal reservoir that we have not yet identified. Well, and I still maintain that. Yeah, it's a, it happened naturally. This is the most 
the most likely thing that's happened naturally. Naturally, but let's keep investigating. It's kind of like uh, O.J. Simpson. He's still out there looking for uh, for his wife's uh, real murderer. Let's keep looking. I'm going to find him. Yeah, I've, you see him every time you look in the mirror. Um, no, an- there's no animals that carry the virus. They haven't found any animals that carry the virus. And uh, lab leak. It's 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 lab leak is just it's more highly likely that it happened. It was a natural occurrence. Yeah, it's natural to uh, having a having a lab that creates viruses that is paid by the United States and maybe the Democrats to, uh, hey, let's let's just get something out there that we can call a, we can call a pandemic. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's a strong case of the flu, but let's get it out there. We can scare the crap out of people to becoming sheep and letting us lock them down and doing uh, mail in voting. Hey, anyway, I'm, I've got a lot more to talk about on this. But I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of weather, traffic, commercials, and sports. And I'll be right back with the second half. to the main event my name's ed hoffman from summit funding i don't talk a lot about uh real estate and financing but uh if you haven't refinanced yet you know interest rates are up a little bit from where they were a few months ago but they're still really low but equity is crazy high right now so if you had it if you even if you refinanced a year ago but you had to have mortgage insurance because you weren't under 80 percent, you probably are now i'll tell you that uh my guy in Mammoth, uh, my real estate buddy in Mammoth, um, was telling me a story about how he put a, a, a less desirable uh, condo unit in a less desirable uh, complex on the market for $680,000. And he, and he uh, got three offers over the first weekend. And I said, really? One of those? What would you sell mine for? He said, it list yours for nine ninety five, And I'm going, Really? Well, I wasn't even considering selling until you just said that. And uh, that was in December. We actually went up there now that we bought our Montana place. It seems more likely that we won't be using Mammoth very much. Um, so it makes sense in this market to sell. And I said, uh, he came over and looked at it and said, oh, do this, do that. You know, get rid of some of these old plant, these old uh, plastic plants. And, you know, some of the, take some of your stuff out of here and uh, we'll list it. We'll list it in. Uh, he said, I think I'll list it at a million one sixty-nine or a million one seventy-nine, somewhere in there. That was like five months ago. From nine ninety-five to a million one seventy-nine. So again, if you've got equity, if you if you thought about doing a reverse mortgage and you didn't have quite have enough equity, call me back again. If you wanted to refinance, but you couldn't get rid of your mortgage insurance, call me back again. If you pulled out, if you pulled out a uh, cash um more than six months ago and you want to. Uh, do a refinance. Um, you don't have the cash out hit after six months after that. It's worth checking on. It's worth checking on 855-640-2020 or edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. So before the break, we were talking about um, the origins of COVID-19. And now they're uh, now we're no longer following, following the science because uh, the science always uh, 
uh, never gives you the same answer. Mm, maybe just the Democrats don't always give you the same answer. So Fauci's now admitting that he signed off on a National Institute of Health funding of the Wuhan lab. But he wants us to know he didn't give them millions of dollars. It was only about 800,000. It is absolutely correct that about 600,000, about 800,000 was was allocated and about 600,000 was spent over a five-year period, no more than that. That comes to anywhere between 125 dollars and $150,000 per year that went to the collaboration with Wuhan. So the number of hundreds of thousands as opposed to millions is correct. Well, you know, it's, it's really, it really doesn't matter whether it was 800,000 or whether it was 600,000 or whether it was millions. The point is, is that the National Institute of Health that he runs was supporting the Wuhan lab and the Wuhan labs where this, where this virus came from. And, uh, and he's been the one out there flip-flopping on every little thing and telling us where we are, what it's doing, uh, who's responsible. And uh, should we wear a mask? We don't wear a mask. Is our mask effective or they're not effective? Should we be six feet apart? Or should we be, should we be three feet apart? Do we need to be, uh, if, do, if we're six feet apart, do we need to have masks? I don't know. I don't know. You know what the, uh, I, I read, I remember in science um, talking about how osmosis works. And they're talking about when you, you're in the, in the water in the ocean or if you're in the water in a pool and somebody, and somebody uh, relieves themselves in the pool, like if you're more than four feet away, by the time it gets to you, it's, it's dissolved so much that it has no effect. You know, so how far do we need to be before, the, before somebody's breath or somebody's uh, amoebas uh, are, are, uh, are danger to you? And, you know, of course, left, they, they sneeze in your face. That's different. Um, you know, if someone gets breathing in your face, like in a Petri dish in Congress, um, you know, that's that's different. And again, I say, if you're that close to me, you better be my wife. Remember when the Trump administration had intelligence that the virus was created in a lab, but the media reported it was widely disputed just because it came from Trump. Here's Trump and Pompeo one year ago. Have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I can tell you that there is a significant amount of evidence that this came from that laboratory in Wuhan. But the best experts so far seem to think it was man-made. I have no reason to disbelieve that at this point. Yeah, there's no reason to disbelieve that it's man-made. And especially since we have uh, doctors we have that one doctor lady that escaped from China that was working at the Wuhan lab that says, oh, yeah, this was made intentionally for the military of the Chinese. And uh, it was made in the lab on purpose. And, uh, of course, she's still alive because I saw her on TV again um, last week. But there's a bunch of others that came out that are gone. I don't know. Seems like a Jimmy Hoffa thing. Uh, this week, This week we learned that Biden administration shut down a State Department operation launched by Trump and Mike Pompeo last fall to investigate whether China's biological weapons program played a part in creating the virus. Um, you know, what? I wonder, I wonder how they got that shut down. Did the vice president of, uh, of uh, China come over here and say, hey, you know what, if you don't shut that thing down, you know, before we leave, you're not getting the money. I don't know if anybody knows where I'm going there. Apparently, Biden's State Department shut down the program uh, after they were briefed on the findings in February and March. According to an anonymous source, 
who spoke to uh, CNN, the Biden's State Department, ultimately determined that the inquiry was ineffective use of resources. They also questioned the, the legitimacy of the team's discoveries, like the discovery of three Wuhan researchers became very ill with uh, COVID-like symptoms in November 2019. Remember when Joe Biden told us that he, uh, he chooses science over fiction? We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. Yeah, where's his desire to get the truth now? Why isn't President Biden pushing for more access, more information to get to the bottom of exactly what happened? We are. Uh, and we have repeatedly called for the WHO to, to support an expert-driven evaluation of the pandemic's origins that is free from interference or politicization. But why do we think that China would cooperate? Another question on COVID. Why was this White House so dismissive of the idea of a, a U.S.-led investigation? Well, we went through this journey together yesterday, so let's do it again. What we can't do, and what I would caution anyone doing, is leaping ahead of an actual international process. We don't have enough data and information to jump to a conclusion at this point in time. Why does it have to be international? You know, Trump took us out of the World Health Organization uh, for a reason, because they protect China and they protect the truth. They protect the world from the truth or they protect the truth from the world. We don't they don't want people to know what's really going on, because then we're going to be mad and uh, we're going to blame it on somebody who created a problem. So uh, on Thursday, Biden ordered the intelligence community to start a new investigation and report back to him in 90 days. You know, everything's 90 days. We're going to have a we're going to have a commission to check out whether it makes sense to pack the courts. And they're going to look at it for 90 days. We're going to have a commission to look at the uh, the events of January 6th. And we're going to get back to us in 90 days. And of course, 90 days is a long time. Uh, the White House spin is that the investigation is simply being shifted away from the State Department to the intelligence agencies. But the truth is it's being shifted from something uh, initiated by Trump to something initiated by Biden because Trump bad, Biden good, everything Trump bad. You know, hey, Trump created energy independence. That's bad. Let's cut it off. Trump uh, had control of the border. That's bad because we don't want control of the borders because uh, Trump did it. And, uh, you know, uh, Trump got it. Uh, employment, unemployment way down. Oh, that's bad because Trump did it. Tell that to the people that were working on the XL pipeline who still don't have any green jobs. They're just collecting unemployment, which is probably a lot less than they were making. So uh, anyway, if you don't see the writing on the wall, this is prepare for something big to be going on because at some point, you know, it's uh, Art Williams used to say, if you know who Art Williams is, he used to say, Hey, you know what? Uh, you can't, you can't succeed in business. You can't succeed in business by not telling the truth, but by, by lying to people, eventually they're going to sniff you out. Might not be tomorrow. Might be, might be a day, a week, a month or 10 years, but eventually they're going to, they're going to sniff you out. Eventually the people in the United States are going to wake up. So let's talk about something else. People should wake up to who's the secretary of state. You know, they were talking uh, they were talking about this on the radio the other day and I'm, and Don and I are pulling out to go somewhere out of the garage and I'm going, who is the secretary of state? I'm almost embarrassed to ask that question because I always say, hey, you know, Mike Pompeo is the secretary of state for that was Rex Tillerson. And or and, uh, you know, we had you know, I knew when John Kerry was and when Hillary Clinton was. But I don't even know who this Anthony Blinken guy is. Who is this person? Biden's secretary of state, Anthony Blinken. He's no Mike Pompeo. 
Here's his background. Lincoln started out in 1994 in various positions at the State Department and the National Security Council in Bill Clinton's administration. He stayed through the end of Clinton's presidency in 2001. He then went to work as a Democratic Staff Director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee from 2002 to 2008. Next, he was Foreign Policy Advisor for Joe Biden's unsuccessful 2008 presidential campaign. Hmm. He was unsuccessful at that, but now he's the Secretary of State. And subsequently, Foreign Policy Advisor for Obama-Biden presidential transition. From 2009 to 2013, Blinken was Deputy Assistant to President Obama and National Security Advisor to Vice President Biden. So he's the guy who was advising Biden when he was advising Obama. It wasn't a good idea to go into Pakistan and, uh, and nab bin Laden. And he was probably also involved in the decisions on when our Americans were crying for help in, uh, in Benghazi, Libya. Even though he wasn't in the State Department, we know that was Hillary. But, you know, from, from everything we know, all the key players are involved in that stuff. He was promoted to a national security advisor from 2013 to 2015 and deputy security of state from 2015 to 2017. Like everyone who leaves the government, uh, he created a uh, consulting business and got rich during the Trump years. Well, lots of people got rich during the Trump years because Trump got the economy going. People could afford to do things. Now Biden has given him the highest foreign policy position in the government. So let's look at his accomplishments so far. He shut down a legitimate investigation into the origins of COVID just because it was started by Trump, the Trump administration. He participated. We shut down a border wall being built just because Trump started it. We shut down the XL pipeline just because Trump started it. We shut down energy independence because Trump achieved it. We shut down. We're we're let, we're allowing the Middle East to go to to go to crap just because Trump was getting it all all put back together. He participated in a video uh, for the anniversary of George Floyd's death, The Global Pursuit of Racial Justice. For the United States to be a credible force for human rights around the world, we have to face the realities of racism and hatred here at home. We can't sweep our shortcomings under the rug or pretend they don't exist. We need to face them openly and honestly, even if that's ugly, even if that's painful. That's how we live up to our values and how we're able to effectively stand up for them worldwide. Today and always, let's commit to accountability, healing, and doing the concrete work of advancing equity and justice for all. Hmm. That's how you lead. That's how we become global leaders. We have to be, uh, we have to face our, face our own, our own problems here and, know promote equity equity you know what that means we've got to promote equity it means we got to give everybody a little piece of something you know what you know why equity is good today because this is a capitalist capitalist society and people that have equity it's because they earned it most of them so if you didn't earn it well you know what my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather um he was a slave and uh, of course, white people and black people fought and killed uh, hundreds of thousands of people because they stood up that slavery was was wrong. But, you know, now those people that were wronged, their grandkids, 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 uh, they want payback. So we need to give them some equity um, because they worked for it. No, because uh, 
because their grandfather's grandfather's grandfather uh, was a slave. So we need to, we need to just, you know, and for as long as I've been alive, I was born in 1961. So and I know some of you are older than me and a few of you are not as old as me, but you know, for as long as I can remember my parents, my teachers and everybody I've seen that is a leader in this country has been promoting that colorblindness, you know, a man is a man. doesn't matter what the color of his skin is. It's the content of his character. Um, and over the last, over the last, since, since Obama got in there, uh, Obama for eight years of Obama and, uh, and since January 20th of this year, all we want to do is segregate. Everybody wants to turn it, turn it around and go backwards. Why is that? Don't quite understand that. You know, I like uh, I like how Trump dealt with this at the G7 in 2019. And all over this large, magnificent planet, the truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. And if you want peace, love your nation. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. I love that. I love that. You know what? Uh, it's it's. He didn't he didn't say, hey, America's the one's going to get ours first. He said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put America first, as you guys should put your countries first. Don't expect us to to make deals that are bad for the United States and good for you. It needs to be a two way street. No, he didn't. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to I'm going to bargain to where you get screwed. And I and America gets gets uh, is uh, gets the advantage. He's going to he's going to work for the advantage. But he's telling the other ones that you should work for your advantage, too. That's real. That's transparent. That's leadership. That's not just American leadership. That's that's world leadership. That's who he's talking to uh, other world leaders, other world leaders. And, you know, back then we had the respect. Of our enemies and the respect of our of our allies. People said, hey, don't mess with the United States because. Trump's not going to stand for it. And that's, isn't that what we want? As an American, isn't that what you want? We need to be talking about this with our kids and with our relatives and our, our neighbors and our coworkers, our friends at church. And, uh, and, you know, just everybody, everybody that you end up in a conversation with, this is what, this is how the world is supposed to work. So now we see now we see all kinds of violence going on in the Middle East and it's uh, between uh, Palestinians and uh, Israel. And we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, except for uh, now it's spreading back over in the United States. And this week, uh, four Jewish House Democrats made an accusation of anti-Semitism against the party. Call it the, their party colleagues who have uh, alleged Israel has committed apartheid and terrorism against the Palestinians. Of course, the colleagues they're referring to are the members of the squad, uh, AOC, Rashida Taliban, uh, I mean, Rashida Tlaib and uh, Ilan Omar, Nur Syed Elmi. Um, oh, wait, I forgot. She's not 
newer Syed Elmi anymore. She's uh, Omar, um, even though that's not her real name. The four Democrats who condemned the squad uh, in a letter to Joe Biden were Dean Phillips of Minnesota, Josh Gottheimer in, from New Jersey, Elaine Luria from uh, Virginia, and Kathy Manning of North Carolina. Noticeably silent on the matter is the most famous Jewish Democrat in Congress, Chuck Schumer. It's, ru- it's rumored that AOC plans to primary uh, Schumer next year and win his Senate seat. Come on, New York. Is that the best you could do? Can't you get somebody who's uh, got a brain? You get rid of one, one idiot and put in another idiot. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think the, uh, I think the people of New York uh, in uh, AOC's district should put a stop to that. Now, remember, remember Amazon? Well, we're not going to spend all that money discounting the taxes. We could use that on more important things. Hey, AOC, you don't get those taxes unless Amazon comes. You get 90% of them. Oh, wait, but we're just going to put our foot down so they don't come at all. Then we lose 100% of them. She's an idiot. On Wednesday, Kevin McCarthy helped David uh, Kustoff, uh, one of the two Jewish House Republicans, introduce a bill aimed at combating anti-Semitism. Uh, McCarthy also used the opportunity to criticize the squad for all their comments that are, inspi- that are inspiring attacks on American Jews in major cities. So what are these anti-Semitic comments? Violence has been met by uh, Israeli-led forces uh, under Netanyahu's racist policies. It is a conflict where one country, funded and supported by the United States government, continues an illegal military occupation over another group of people. And the United States must acknowledge its role in the injustice and human rights violations of Palestinians. Our own country is enabling it with billions of dollars every year being issued to Israel, even though they are promoting racism and dehumanization. How, how is Israel promoting racism and dehumanization? Palestinians fire a rocket into Israel and Israel sends 10 more back their way. I mean, if, if somebody comes into your, into your house with a gun and you've got a gun there, you've got a gun there. How many times are you going to pull the pull the trigger before uh, before uh, your before you stop? Well, if someone's coming in into mine, I'm going to pull it. I'm going to pull it ten times, unless I've got a one of those illegal high capacity clips. I'm going to pull it sixteen times, and uh, when my gun goes click and it doesn't it doesn't uh, fire anymore, and the you know the the uh, the rack racks back and locks. Okay, time to put in another clip, and hopefully the bad guy's dead by then. So how is that being racist? How is that being dehumanizing? You know, if, the, if, the, uh, if Hamas goes in there and, fire, and fires uh, missiles and we fire them back and they hide amongst a bunch of kids and women like, the, like the, the pillars of strength that they are, you know, just go hide in a bunch of, bunch of kids. You know, typically you say, hey, you, you put yourself in front of a, in front of a uh, in front of women and kids when there's danger there, hey, stand behind me. I'll deal with it. You know, you think about uh, think about one of the guys in the uh, in the theater in Aurora when the Joker guy came in and started shooting everybody up. Uh, one kid on his first date put himself between the between his date and the and the uh, and the shooter, and he died. You know why? Because that's what you're supposed to do as a man. You protect the women and the children. 
it's just should be natural for people. But, you know, for for Israel to have uh, missiles fired at them and not and to fire and to fire back and protect their own people. That's racism and dehumanization. Unlike Chuck Schumer, the second most famous Jew in Congress has uh, not stayed silent. And what he's saying isn't much better than anything coming out of the squad. The United States of America has got to be leading the world in bringing people together, not simply supplying weapons to kill children in Gaza. Our job is not simply to put more and more military support for Israel. It is to bring people together. Together. It's to bring people together. We should be leading the people in coming together. Well, guess what? That requires leadership. When Trump was in there, we were bringing the Middle East together. We were, we were bring, bringing the other, other countries around Israel together with peace, with peace, uh, peace treaties going on. But then as soon as, uh, as, soon as Trump uh, left office, they know, that, they know that Biden is too much of a wimp. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to stand up. He's not going to stand up to, uh, to uh, Elon Omar, Nur Syed Elmi, or uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib and tell them, hey, you're not from this country. You're not an American. You're not going to tell us how we how what we stand for, um, because Biden's too much of a Biden's too much of a kiss butt. So anyway, hey, lots of things to think about, folks. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Remember, this is uh, this is not just about hot dogs and, and beer and picnics and barbecues. Uh, this is to remember the guys that died to keep uh, to keep our freedom that uh, we're watching the Democrats take away. Anyway, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.